What's going on, people? It's your boy Kalechi back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How y'all doing today? I hope y'all had a great weekend and a great start to your week. I hope y'all are ready to kill it this week, do what you need to do, get back in the flow of things. I know for some of us that came back from vacations, came back from the holidays, it was a stressful week last week, just trying to get inundated and back into the flow of things, but I hope y'all got it down packed and are ready for the new week. For all my fellow students out there, I feel you. I feel you a lot being in school again. But like my little brother who be finishing his school year this year, finishing his undergraduate degree this year, shout out to everybody who made it to the end. There is a finish line. Just finish strong. Finish strong. No matter what it is that you're doing, finish strong so you can get to the other side. But nevertheless, how y'all doing? I know I'm asking that more than once, but I just want to say what's up to y'all. Hope y'all are doing good. Hope y'all are doing great. I had a pretty good weekend. I went home again. See the family, spend some time with them. You know, got to do that. Got to recharge. Help me recharge. Help me get excited. Help me see there's something that I'm working towards, you know. Gets you all amped up. Get some good people around you that you can spend some time with. See the goals that you want to work towards. All that good stuff. But anyway, let's get out of that. Let's get out of that and start talking about what we're going to hit on today. Today, we're going to hit on some more personal finance stuff. We're going to hit on the next step after you've done the first step that we talked about last week. We're going to hit on it, uh, some more stuff that you should be doing in order to gain that financial freedom, gain that personal freedom in your finances so you can do what you want to do with your money. But before we get into any of that, let's get on with some business news because you know this is the Rambling Mind podcast where we talk about business topics and how that affects your pockets. But nevertheless, today we're going to start off with the news, which I only have really one big news, major news to discuss with everybody, and that's the jobs report from December. was well, pretty good, but the bigger sentiment about the jobs report was what it said for the economy as a whole and for growth as a whole. In December, 145,000 jobs was added, which is great. But the thing to look at is not just the number of jobs that was added, it's to take a backlog of how long jobs have been consecutively added to the to the US economy. For 110 straight months, jobs have been added in the US economy. Unemployment rate is at its lowest it has been since 1969 at about 3.5%. That is unbelievable. It's historical. It's a historical number we are hitting. Now, the great thing about that unemployment number is it's a good thing for your pockets. It's a good thing for you. It means that employers are going to have a harder and harder time to be able to get talents. And in other words, some of the ways that they're going to be able to get talents is they got to give you more benefits. They got to pay you a little bit more to lure you away from other companies. And it just means that There are people to hire, but it's going to cost companies more. So if you're the hiree and not the hirer, it's a little bit good on you. For the hirers, it means you got to pay a little bit more for the talent that you want. So much so that Taco Bell, Taco Bell, the fast food company, is offering or is starting a pilot program where it's going to offer over $100,000 to store managers in order to lure them into to come work for taco bell that's unbelievable 
that's more money than engineers makes. That's more money than most uh, entry-level accountants make. Like, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. They're offering 100000 That just shows you how much they are looking for talents. I mean, there was a guy who opened up a new... I want to say it was... Was it a Burger King or McDonald's or something like that? But he couldn't open it up because it couldn't get staffed. In a lot of different regions in the country, in a lot of different places, a lot of stores are not... Especially fast food chain stores... Um, basically a lot of hourly paid jobs, people are not rushing to go get those jobs anymore. People are not rushing to try and get hired in those things. So those jobs are having to increase pay, which we talk about that a little bit more. And those jobs are having to actually give these people benefits, give people benefits in order for them to come work for them. Otherwise, people are just like, I'm not coming to work for you. And so hourly paid jobs, working at fast food restaurants, working at restaurants in general, the unemployment rate being so low has really impacted that industry more than any other industry because those pays, you have to make it worth their while because there's a lot of different opportunities for people. And the only way people are going to come work for you is if you're doing something that they like, if they like your culture, if they like what you're offering them, and if you're going to pay them a good mo- amount of money for them to come work for you. Some other cool things about the fact that unemployment is so low and the fact that the U.S. economy has added jobs for so long, for 110 plus months. And if you do math on that, 110 divided by 12, as for nine straight years, the U.S. has added jobs. Some of the overlying themes is minimum wage has increased in 20 states and minimum wage across the United States has increased to about $12 an hour. And that's to keep up with trying to get people to come work for stuff. So minimum wage has been increasing year over year. Also, 49% of Americans reported uh, some kind of pay increase last year. In other words, your wages were increased. That has not happened in a long time for a lot of people. And that's an increase an increase from the previous year in 2018. It was just about 38% of Americans reporting that they had an increase in their pay. Now, that's all wonderful and great that we have. It's hot. It's really hot. It's supposed to be winter right now. And outside, it was like 70 degrees today. The rest of this week, is going to be about 70 degrees. Yeah, I'm in the south, by the way. So all those who live up north and you're freezing and all that stuff, I'm sorry. But I'm going to complain about the south right now. Down south, it is hot. I don't understand what kind of winter. We're not even having winter. Like, there's no winter. We had like maybe three or four days where the temperature dropped below like 30 degrees and it was about 30 to 40 degrees and it was kind of cold. But after that, in late December, we've not had any kind of cold. It's been hot. It's like picked back up to 70s. It makes no sense. We don't have a winter. So, you know, global warming and all that stuff is really having an effect as much as people try to say it doesn't, but it's having an effect. But nevertheless, that's not the topic of the day. Let's get back to on schedule. Now, all of the great news of how many months we've been adding jobs to the U.S. economy, all that stuff. That's all great news. However, economists are looking at it and saying that we're about to have a downturn. Yeah, I'm going back to negative, negative Kelechi again. We're going back to what we just talked about, how there's, the economy is doing great. And now we're flipping that tone. Like I said, economists are like chameleons. They change their skin every other day, depending on how the wind blows, depending on what they're hearing, depending on how they feel. They're going to change their tune. So anyway, they're saying that in total in 2019, over 2.1 million jobs was added. However, that was less than the number of jobs that were added in 2018. And then the other thing was like the number of jobs that were added in 2018 was less than the number total number of jobs that were added in 2019. What does that mean? 
sorry about that noise what does that mean it means that the economy is having a jobs uh, growth slowdown or the economy as a whole is basically at its cap it's at the maximum point i mean when you have consistently 3.5 percent unemployment it's at the maximum point of where the economy needs to be and so at some point probably this year we're gonna start seeing that slow down we're gonna start seeing uh the economy start slowing down a good bit i mean if you looked at a lot of the stock market now we're going from just the jobs and talking about stock market like we talked about earlier a lot of companies even though there was all this discussion about trade war and all this stuff they still had over 20 percent the worst company boeing boeing that had all the tribulations and trials with all the accidents with the 737 max all those stuff they had a gain last year they actually grew they actually profited they made a profit last year when it came to their stock market that just shows you how good the stock market was last year I mean, some companies had over 50% gain. I mean, look at Tesla. Tesla had an issue starting off the year in 2018 last year where Elon Musk came out and said, funding secured. I have received enough money to go private. Everybody thought, oh, Tesla is dead in the water, which I still regret not buying Tesla stock when it was that low. Because if you look at Tesla now, it has doubled since that time. I mean, the, the stock price dropped to 200 and something after that tweet. And now the stock price for Tesla is 400 and 430 something dollars, which means that Tesla is like worth like 80 something billion dollars or 80 something billion dollars. Tesla is now the most, the most valuable by market cap, by the way, not by, by standard of profit or anything. Tesla is the most valuable car automation company in the United States. It is more valuable than Ford and GM, which are the other two largest uh, automobile manufacturer in the United States. Actually, the combination of the valuation of Ford and GM combined doesn't is not as much as Tesla on its own. That just shows you how good the market was doing last year. However, that does mean that at some point, at some point that has to boil over the cup must run over which means there has to be a reduction the country cannot stay stable run it at full capacity full speed all the time even your car at some point when you start losing gas it starts slowing down you can't keep running the car up a hill every single time at some point you need to you need to give that car some straight some downhills so it can tailor off or else the engine is overworked it's the same thing at some point and economists is predicting that this year we should start seeing some slowdown in the economy we should start seeing some graceful slowdown in the economy also another reason that helps with the whole growth that we've been seeing is that tax cut but the boost of those tax cuts that happened in 2017 is quickly wearing off. It's very quickly wearing off. It's no longer having the same effect that it had in 2017 and 2018 and 2019. In 2020, those tax effects really will no longer be there. And then finally, it's the same thing we've been talking about, uncertainty. Uncertainty is, is still there with the trade war, with the issue with Iran, with all these different things, the, the climate change and how that's going to affect businesses. All these different things are putting a cloud of uncertainty over economists' heads, over businesses' heads, not knowing exactly how to go about the future or how policies are going to affect their business model. And so that's also going to cause another slowdown in the economy. But overall, right now, we're at a good place. It's a good place to be right now. It's a really, really good place to be. And it's exciting. It's exciting to be on this part of history because I promise y'all, 
I don't want to go through another recession. In all honesty, and I hope and I pray that we do not go through another recession. But some interesting stats about the jobs report that I wanted to share with everybody is one, for the first time since 2010, women held the majority of non-farm payroll positions in December. In other words, women were the leading candidates or were the leading amount of people that were in positions in education and healthcare, in business sectors, accountants, all that kind of stuff. And then in other jobs such as mining and logs, the percentage of women that actually are going into jobs of mining and logging has increased year over year to about 15%. But then the negative side of that is the percentage of men that is participating in the labor force is decreasing from 1950s and it has been stable the early two 2000s it's been about a hundred percent consistently but now it has dipped to, to under 89 percent that's not good dudes and so ladies all my ladies out there no it's not your imagination there's some bum dudes out there it's not your imagination Dudes, we need to step it up. We need to get back out there and do what we need to do. I'm not saying every dude needs to go work, but I am saying like if you're an able-bodied man, bruh, what you doing, man? What you doing? What you doing? Dudes, we need to step back up, man. We need to step this down. I'm not saying like women shouldn't be a part of the workforce. Nah, that's not that's not what this is about. All this is about is, I'm not going to lie, there's some lazy dudes out there. Some lazy dudes that would rather stay home, play Call of Duty all day or play Fortnite or whatever it is. If that is not bringing in income, if you're not playing Fortnite as a profession, oh, one second. If you're not playing Fortnite as some kind of profession or something like that, or you're a gamer for, and you're making money from YouTube, Twitch, or whatever, because you can make money from all kinds of different ways, bruh, get a job. Don't just be at home in your mom's house or your dad's house talking about, I'm just living at home. What you doing? If you're living at home and going to school, understandable. But if you can't work, you ain't in school, you ain't doing nothing, you ain't doing you ain't doing nothing with your life, dog. We gotta step it up and to do better for themselves, not just for themselves, but the, for, for those around you as well. Got to step it up. But anyway, moving on from the business stories of the day, let's go right into the personal finance topic of today. Last time we talked about making a budget. And the first thing you needed to do was comb through your, your statements, comb through all your stuff and determine what your budget is. Writing down how much do you need to spend every week or every month based on how much you've been spending. And then putting those into categories and limiting yourself to only spend that amount in order for you to in order for you to tell your money what to do rather than your money telling you what to do is actually budgeting not just swiping your card left right and center if you have a weakness with your card make use an envelope system or something i use a software called mint which i am not sponsored by mint by the way it's a software by intuit and intuit is the same people who make uh turbo so i enjoy using their software you don't have to use that one there's a plethora of budgeting softwares out there pick your favorite one I use Mint because it, I can just sign in all my account details on there and boom, it tracks my transactions so I don't have to input the numbers in there personally. You can do the exact same thing. And so make a budget, make a budget, stick to the budget, pay attention to how your money is being spent so you know exactly how much you're spending. And what most of the time we're going to figure out when it comes to budgeting is that we are spending more money than we actually are earning or make it and so therefore you're gonna have to cut back on some things to make sure that you can survive and you can grow and you can do what you need to do 
And because you made that budget, you might have seen in your budget room to do something else. Now, the first step, the second step towards your financial freedom, I'm stealing that term from Dave Ramsey because I, I took a lot of his principles when I wanted to be financially free and to start doing things more than just survive it. The second step is for you to save a thousand dollars. For some people, that's you make a thousand dollars a month. So that's probably not your aim for your minimum emergency fund. And what what that thousand dollars it becomes your emergency fund. Now you want to do this as quickly and as fast as possible. After you've created your budget, you will notice that you have some leftover funds if you have room in your budget. Um, some people are living literally penny to pincher like there is no space but if you can if you can condense your budget live in such a way where you minimize the amount you're spending so you can have some kind of leftover funds those leftover funds throw that into an emergency fund the reason you want to have at least a thousand dollars emergency fund is most emergencies in life is not going to cost you more than a thousand dollars most emergencies that you're going to have in life your car broke down unless it's something horrible that happens to your car it's not going to cost you more than a thousand dollars all of a sudden you take your car to the dealership you need to change your rotors you have transmission leak anything like that it won't cost you more than a thousand dollars or if just if anything happens because life will happen life will happen for sure especially the moment the moment you start saying i want to be more responsible with how i spend my money life will happen life will pop up and say you need to take care of this thing like something out of nowhere will just pop up and be an emergency that you have to handle that if you don't handle you can't move forward the ac in your house will go out now that one is super expensive if you own a home that's a that's a that's a cost that's a cost that's but that's that's not for this section this is so you can save a thousand dollars that you can fall back on and this is not for you to spend on a vacation this is not money for you to spend on i need to get a present for somebody this is not money for you to spend on i've been good lately so i can just dip into it this is not money to spend on oh my god i i need to go get me a meal or something you dip into it no it is not for any of that stuff it is not for any of this stuff the main reason for the emergency fund is for emergencies emergencies only and we all know what those emergencies are don't lie to yourself don't say oh these new pair of shoes it's an emergency no it's not an emergency you know what those emergencies are in your life you have a car breakdown you need new tires all four of your tires are bad that's an emergency but even then if you've been taking your car to get regular service you will know because they'll be telling you yo your tires are kind of bad. Your tires are kind of bad. You need to change the tires. You need to change the tires so you can plan towards changing those tires. So that's not technically an emergency, but that can happen where you hit something and you have a flat tire all of a sudden. Then you have to buy new tires. That's an emergency. So for some people, a thousand dollars is the minimum you need in order to handle emergencies and having an account set aside that you don't touch. And for some people, $500 is the minimum you need to have in order to be to in case anything happens as you start this financial journey, in case anything happens, it's always there waiting for you. It's always there available to you. I'll tell you a story. So when I when I started this financial journey for myself, when I started trying to pay off my debt, trying to be more responsible with how money how much money I was spending. Um, my car battery died. One one day I was trying to get to work, my car battery died all of a sudden. 
Um, luckily, my parents were were with me at the time, so I was able to get a jump from their car. But my car battery died, and then the following week, my tire went out. My tire got flat. Like I woke up the morning, I had to use my spare tire to get to work. My t- my tire was flat. So if anybody knows how much a battery can cost you up to two hundred dollars. A new tire can cost you about 60 to $80. So together, that was $300 out of pocket or $300 that I wasn't planning for and all of a sudden just popped up out of nowhere. And then around that time, I think, what was going on? Those were the two big things that all of a sudden just happened. And then around that time, yes, that's right. Around that time, we also had a flood. There was also a flood where I was living. It was Hurricane Matthew came through around that time. Hurricane Matthew came through. I had some damage that I had to take care of. Dog. How is it that when I'm trying to be responsible, trying to do the right thing, trying to pay off my debt, oh no man, nothing. All of a sudden, every door, everywhere I'm looking, oh, I have to pay this one. I have to pay that one. Oh yeah, this is the other thing. And then when I took my car to get my tires changed, it needed a new, oh, that was that was what it was. My rotors were horrible were rusted my axle something in my my wheel balance axle something like that was rusted out and they had to change it um i had a leak in my car transmission leak or something like that in my car of course i didn't fix that one i was like i'm not doing that because it cost way too much and the car wasn't worth it but it was just like things were just popping up like things were just popping up like what is going on but by the grace of god i thank god that i had that thousand dollars set to the side so when they came up, it wasn't as stressful to fix it. It was still stressful because, yo, I don't want to spend this money. But because I had it to the side, I could still focus on what needed to be focused on. I could still handle my responsibilities, the bills that I had to pay, while at the same time handling the responsibility of, I still got to get to work with this car. So the main thing is, you have to, that's why the $1,000 is there. Most most investments, or not investments, most emergencies that show up are not going to cost you more than a thousand dollars if you are a student in school right now you don't have car you don't have any kind of responsibility still put that money aside or at least start saving start learning the art of saving because guess what one of the things that we all think we do but nobody does is save money we all think we are actually saving money but we're not and do saving this one thousand dollars whether you have emergencies or you don't have emergencies, saving this $1,000 teaches you the art of saving. It teaches you the mindset you have to have in order to save. That's why I am so telling you, save that $1,000. Give yourself that charge that by the end of the month, and this is the other thing, set a deadline. And I don't mean a deadline that I would save it. If you make, let me put it this way. If you make more than $50,000, your deadline is not more than 30 days to save $1,000. If you make under that, then you have a little bit more time. And I'll say aim to save $500. If you make not that much money, aim to save at least $300. You can't save $300 as fast as you can. If you can save $1,000 in one paycheck, save it. Do it. Save yourself the angst because something will happen no matter how much we think that oh i just will handle it as it comes up i have credit card to pay all this stuff look i will warn everybody do not depend on credit card as being your emergency fund because something that would cost you two hundred dollars 
with a credit card, it goes from being $200 to being $400. Because what happens is you couldn't afford it. And so you use the credit card. And so when you use the credit card, the credit card company is gonna charge you interest because when that balance rolls around, you're not gonna be able to pay it off. And so most of the time, that's gonna roll over and then you're gonna have other things happen. It's gonna keep rolling over and eventually it's gonna cost you more than if you had that emergency fund in the first place. So I will advise everyone, save $1,000 as fast as possible, as fast and as quickly as possible. I am pleading, I am begging with you, especially if you have a family, if you have a family, even more so because children can get ill, Stuff can happen at school. You have to pay for all kinds of fees that just pop up out of nowhere. Like these kind of things, it is good to have just some kind of backup, some kind of backup plan. Save a thousand dollars as fast as you can. If you don't have any kind of overhead right now, in other words, you don't have bills, just save. Just save. Just save a thousand dollars as fast as you can. Just as a challenge that that by the end of the month. Or by, if you if you don't have bills, it means you're not working. So by the end of the year, I will save, set yourself a goal. Set yourself a goal and do it fast and do it fast. Do it fast. Learn the art of how to look at your budget, how to look at your finances and say, where can I find extra money to throw into a savings account real quick in case anything happens, I will just have, oh, this is the other thing that happened. When I was trying to be responsible, when I was trying to, this is another side story. When I was trying to figure out how to, to to pay off debt and everything, Uncle Sam came knocking at my door. He said, guess what, son? <laughs> You've been working for a little bit, but uh, <clears throat> my guy, you owe us some money. You owe us some back taxes. I said, I've I barely been working. I legit just started working. Like, what you mean I owe back taxes? They sent me a bill for $10,000. $10,000. I'm over here scratching my head. I'm over here crying tears. I'm like, what am I gonna do? I was like, what, what just happened? Why do I owe $10,000? What happened was, when I started working, I did not take myself off my mom's uh, insurance. And my mom's insurance at that time was being covered by Obamacare. And so they were subsidizing her insurance. She was still paying some stuff, but it was being subsidized. And so when I started working, you're supposed to remove yourself as quickly as possible from that so the government doesn't keep subsidizing you. So I didn't know that. What happened was they came to my door and they said, yo, you've been collecting this free money. We need that money back plus interest. I was like, hold up, player. I ain't got $10,000 and I didn't, I didn't do any of that. So, and this is a trick. Whenever people call you or send you a letter, if the IRS ever calls you to ask you to pay off a debt or any kind of debt company calls you calls you to come pay off some kind of debt, this is what you do. I learned this the hard way and I don't want anybody else to learn this. What you do is you write them a letter, you call them, you're gonna be on, if it's the IRS, you're gonna be on standby for more than six hours. I'm just telling you, so do it on your day off. You're gonna call them, speak to somebody, and you say, like for me, I, ha I first of all, I did not owe that much money. $10,000 was for our entire family, not just for me. So I was like, no, I don't owe this amount. What does this mean? And they were like, well, you know, da, 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 da. they gave me some English that I don't understand. And I just said, whatever. I spoke to a tax 
experts do that as well spoke to a tax expert and he helped me out and then I wrote a letter I got my pastor who's a lawyer to look over the letter I was like oh this is good and I mailed it off to them and so and then in the letter I also said I am not going to be able to pay the ten thousand dollars you guys say that I owe I will just pay you I think I ended up paying like a thousand dollars all of my emergency fund if I didn't have that thousand dollars emergency fund I was cooked so you do that and you mail it to them and the thing about the IRS is most people don't actually pay their taxes we've talked about this in the past most people don't actually pay all the taxes to them so they're willing to take whatever and it's the same thing with collection agencies because most people can't afford to pay them they just want some kind of money back they want something back so once you say this is all i have here take it and go they will take it they will close your case that's what they did for me with thank god we worship god we praise god because ten thousand dollars was wiped away i had to pay one thousand dollars though i paid one thousand dollars ten thousand dollars wiped out but the emergency fund came in clutch because otherwise that's how they will put me on payment plan until this day i'll still be paying irs because guess what the irs don't play the interest rate on that thing would have been unbelievable so the thing is that's why these things this is why you have you have to have an emergency fund if you're not in school just do it just do it to at least save for something you want to buy learn how to save or if you are working if you're a responsible individual as part of society taxpaying individual save because at some point murphy will come to your door and ask to spend a night in one of your rooms and you don't want him to stay long you don't even want him to come in past the threshold as soon as that emergency shows up you say ha got him say not today murphy not today that's why save for that emergency fund it is key and crucial to the rest of your financial freedom journey now let's recap on what we talked about today we talked about business news concerning the jobs report and how the U.S. has added jobs for 110 straight months. But however, all that is good news, but the U.S. economy is slowing down. There is a slowdown that has been noticed from 2017 to 2018 to 2019. And in 2020, they expect that slowdown to speed up a little bit more. And then we started talking about personal and personal finances how do you handle your money how do you tell your money to do what you want it to do rather than money controlling you and telling you how it's gonna do so therefore what do we talk about today we talked about saving for an emergency fund save for an emergency fund and i'll leave you with this the two type of accounts that i'll advise anybody to save for an emergency fund in is an online an online money marketing account i use ally because it's easy to set up took about 30 seconds and i said why not uh it's super easy to set up you're not gonna make any money on it the interest rate is whatever that's not why you're putting the money in there the money is so you can have some sort of easy access to it but not too easy and access to it it they give you a card but it's only like six swipes for ally at least i don't know about other uh financial institutions i think the standard is six for transfers and for card swipes or any kind of savings account and then you can also open some kind of online savings account. A lot of online savings accounts have pretty good interest rates of like 2, 2%, 1.75 to 2% if you can find a good one. And for those ones, the only problem is they don't have a card that comes with them. They're really just for you to save actively. So get, I'll say a money market account of some sort because it's easy to get the money from them. It's easy to get access to those accounts so do that do not get a regular checking account 
because then you have unlimited swipes. And guess what we do when we have unlimited swipe? We swipe unlimitedly. So don't do that. Don't do that. Open an account that you can actually save with. But anyway, that's all I have for y'all today. Let me know how you're enjoying these personal financial topics. Am I bothering y'all? Am I annoying y'all? If I am annoying you, hopefully it's in a good way that will force you to actually take these steps so you can become financially free and you can tell your money what to do and your money not tell you how to live your life. All right? This has been your boy Kalichi. This has been the Rambling Mind Podcast. Thank you to each and every single one of y'all that are listening to this podcast. And I'll hit y'all up on the next one. God bless y'all. Peace. Have a great week.